Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 296, recorded at Big Dog Studios in Eugene, Oregon. Today's show is brought to you by Mudpod Design House. Do you have a website? Are you happy with its traffic? The answer is no. Get a free website SEO audit from Mudpod Design at mudpoddesign.com slash free SEO audit. Ace High Graphics. We print custom t-shirts, hats, hoodies, bags, and more using a low-impact, heat-infused printing process you can trust. Get a quote today at acehighgraphics.com. Herbalism and holistic medicine often clash with modern scientific champions over the best path to healing. The thing is, the two are far more intimately connected in their research and results than they realize. Today we're talking with Matthew Wood, herbalist with the Masters of Science and Herbal Medicine from the Scottish School of Herbalism, accredited by the University of Wales, author of many books on herbalism, herbal educator, and practitioner at the Matthew Wood Institute of Herbalism about modern and traditional perspectives on why holistic healing works. Now here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Radio. Welcome back, Matthew. Thank you. <laughs> we had such a great lead-in last time to this book, and I know everyone's excited to hear about it because it made Candace cry. It did. It made me cry. I'm not kidding. I, there were like actual tears and everything. <laughs> I didn't know a Kindle could elicit such emotion. I was very fortunate to have a review copy of the Holistic Medicine and the Extracellular Matrix, The Science of Healing at the Cellular Level by Matthew Wood. Yeah, they chose the subtitle. I like to emphasize that it's the science of holistic medicine proved. Like, science is now on our side. It's not on the side of reductionism. Yeah, sure, you can study the molecules and the atoms all you want, but that's not the organizational level of organic life. It's um, the ground regulatory system, it turns out, which regulates cellular life, makes the organism one uh, into one organism on the uh, one whole on the cellular level. So that to me is the biggest message of all. But mm-hmm. uh, yes, um, you know, there's some herbalism in there and stuff too. So in holistic medicine. There is. I One of the things I loved about it was the way that you deconstructed science and used that language to then explain what we already know to be true from experience based on traditional medicine, but also based on like just real world practical experience. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of pieces like, you know, of course my mind is just going to go blank on which herbs, but you know, like calendula doing a, a wonderful job of, you know, drawing skin together and healing, chasing away the bacterial infections and drying up and warming areas. Yeah. I've just seen it happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, uh, my background growing up on the seminal res comes up because to me, science, to the extent it's part of a kind of chauvinistic part of Western culture is a genocidal practice and they they don't they're so immersed in it they don't see that they just think this is the truth yeah. science is their religion yes. materialism is the truth there's a quote a couple people have noticed i'll have to dig it out again but but i say somewhere basically science they cut off empathy they cut off yeah. intuition imagination instinct uh i didn't say clairvoyance we could include that the heart and then And they cut all that out, and then what's left over they call the basis for determining truth. It's like, what's wrong with this picture? Yeah, you've cut (laughs) off like 75% of 
reality. Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, In fact, I was thinking, oh, I was looking at the quote that I wrote about the reductionism. Yeah. Yeah. That I copied, I should say. I didn't write it. Oh. I copied it. <laughs> so, <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> what I copied, one of the quotes that stood out for me was that um, the organism operates on the cellular level as a whole and that the, and that the premise of holistic medicine to treat the organism as a whole, united in operation and intelligence, is fully justified. The reverse is also true. Reductionism... Seeking meaning in the smallest particle is not justified as a model for how biological systems work. It is justified simply as a method for understanding the components of the whole, not for comprehending the functions of the whole as a unit. And that, to me, really summed up where modern medicine has gone so very, very wrong. Yeah. Um, and part and of it they is- are not scientifically justified in using that model. Yeah. Which they consider to be the truth and the basis of fact. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, modern medicine is very much like a battlefield, um, the way that it is practiced. I mean, the the yeah. training is like training soldiers. Yeah. And, and, and now yeah. with evidence-based medicine, it's like if it's not on the test, they don't care. Right. Like they just they just dismiss you if you've been to a doctor. I hadn't been to a doctor for 35 years, but once I got met a Medicare or whatever it is, I, I um, tuned in, you know, I, I took a walk in from the Harry Potter world into the <laughs> world. And I was, I was like, no, well, no wonder people come to see me. They don't yeah. pay any attention to what, what people's experience are. And the guy was a nice guy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the, even the term evidence-based medicine, really, it's one of the ones that angers me because it's not evidence-based. If it was no. evidence-based, they would be listening to all the evidence, not just a tiny yeah. portion of it. And interestingly enough, the guy, I think his name was Richard Sackett, but maybe he was an earlier follower. But the guy who came up with evidence-based medicine, he actually, that was part of his model. And they threw that away and he disowned the term. <laughs> nice. That was not what he was intending. Yeah. He did want to include empiricism experience. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the way that we practice modern medicine today or the way that modern medicine is practiced today has been all about a just the heroic aspect of it, which, yeah. you know, there's a lot to be said for looking at lab work and tests and stuff. If, if you're right in the middle of a you know heart attack that you're trying to treat someone for or in an extreme crisis situation. But that really doesn't work well when you're talking about prevention or longer term, you know, longer chronic issues and that sort of thing. Yeah. In fact, they would never look behind the screen to see why you had a heart attack, you know. Right. Well, they might consider high blood pressure, but that would be about it. Right. And they wouldn't even try to figure out why the high blood pressure is high. They wouldn't dig far enough to figure out what's the root of that problem to actually cure it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. So the introduction itself is, is good. Mm -hmm. And um, that really kind of shows you don't take the science too seriously, but we're going to use the science because I do quote all these various, uh, I love that John Ionides that came out in 2003 that I became aware of that reading that paper while I was at the uh, uh, 
Scottish School of, of Herbal yeah. Medicine, and and he said his the name of his paper was why seventy percent of all medical yes. papers are opinion, not fact, because he's a statistician. He said that the the, the mathematical models they use are so insufficient that seventy percent can't prove anything. The same year, Marsha Angel came out from the uh, New England, former editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, just saying mm -hmm. the corrupting effect of big, big, uh, yeah. big pharma money is so complete that you can't trust anything. And then I have a quote from uh, Richard, starts with H, I can't remember his name, the um, editor of the uh, Lancet, yeah. just shot by how, that's a great quote, although yeah. he just, says as much as 50% of our science may be an illusion, it's really more than that. But yeah. but uh, he's just shocked. And he's the editor of The Lancet. Right. So, yeah, that's in the introduction. And, um, yeah, so the introduction alone is good on a different subject. And then we get to The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love the fact that you were talking about science as being this um, – not nearly as am I trying to a tool. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not, yeah, I love that. And I'd love the fact that you were able to encapsulate it in the whole idea that we've built all this science around the idea of the cell. When in fact the cell is, it's yeah. like the house and the yeah. environment is the part that matters most. The cell has, you know, the house, you take your stuff home and you do things in your house and then you go back out, but your environment has a huge impact. You know, it's too hot, you close your house up. When there's smoke outside from wildfires, you close the house up and put on the air cleaners. When it's, yeah. you know, hot and the air conditioning isn't working, you open the house up and you put fans in the windows. I mean... It's all the environment yeah. that dictates so many things, you know? Well, yeah, it's, it speaks to our times. Um, yeah. So in 1858 or whenever it is, Rudolf Virchow, famous, 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 comes up with the cell theory, which is the basis of biology and medicine down to the present, which is that the cell is the basic unit of life. Mm -hmm. And so the drug is, is directed at the molecular bonding, the orifice so the molecular bonding site on the wall of the cell and it bypasses the ground regulatory system which is a system that regulates all the cells keeps them all together in one so that everybody closes their windows when there's a fire right. you know everybody has a tin roof or our shingle roof to keep the rain out everybody has windows uh and and everybody's responding the same way to the weather and so the matrix is the weather and it, it, the matrix is full of these signals from the capillary wall to the cell wall. And in between, there's these polymers that hold electrical charges mm -hmm. to cut short on it. And every time more salt or less salt or more water, or less water or food, glucose comes in, it's like there's a signal and everybody, every single cell in the body knows it. More yeah. glucose. Whoa. Okay. And so the ground regulatory system tells the cell to eat, tells the cell to uh, eliminate, to migrate, uh, to um, uh, or to reproduce. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it has control over apoptosis. That's the death and destruction of the cell. But I just realized that that would be interesting to know. But at any rate, um, 
it controls the matrix controls the the environment and all the cells and they're all bound together and and the cell theory is wrong Mm -hmm. the cell is not the ultimate unit of life it is the cellular level and and alfred pissinger who discovered the the ground regulatory system was a alternative doctor from the university of vienna again um uh medical school and he realized that he discovered the basis of uh of holism and disproved Virchow. and actually the university of vienna medical school had been fighting Virchow for 120 years yeah. um they did not believe, they were the one medical school that held out that did not accept this as truth it is only a theory after all uh, and to me, this is like Galileo and the Catholic Church, only this was generations. So during Virchow's life, Carl uh, van Rokotansky, um, uh, head of the medical school there, and a very esteemed doctor, said, no, it's not, the, it's not the rule of the cell. It's the rule of the, of the capillary, basically. It's like the same as osteopathy. The rule of the art, art, arterial is supreme. And um, where the blood is or isn't, we, that controls disease, and and uh, Virchow, you know, proved him wrong, quote unquote. Of course, that's been proved incorrect too, right. because he didn't have fine enough instruments. And but Rokotan, but Rokotansky was esteemed enough that 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 still has a place in German language and Eastern European mm-hmm. medicine. Okay, so next generation, they name the ground substance, the polymers in the matrix. They've discovered that. Next generation. Kissinger discovers there's this communication system. 1975, he mm-hmm. he publishes it. It still is not known. It I, I looked up, you know, I found a very good alternative medicine website, and it it still had it wrong. The cell is the basic, you know, <clears throat> almost all conventional and unconventional doctors and practitioners still believe that, and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. We're back to Hippocrates. The the cell is controlled by the humors, by the ocean mm-hmm. around it. And Pissinger even addressed, so people say, well, how about the single cell floating in the ocean? What's it? That doesn't have a ground regulatory system. And he said, no, seawater is the regulatory system of yeah. the cell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually well, love that quote. Yeah. That was really cool. Yes. I was like, oh, yes. I get it. That's yeah. when I understood what you were talking about. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And, and it almost immediately, that's like one of those uh, Fawcett statements I was talking mm-hmm. about, where you just state a fact, and it, and it says, oh, my God, that, that means that we're controlled by our environment. And, yeah. <laughs> and one thing that I, the book is still not out, you know, available to the public until November 6th or 9th or something, but, but two of my friends um, have read it in, mm-hmm. or parts of it, and they both, or they just listened to what I had to say. And they both came up with an interesting comment. They said, well, this is like the mycelium under the soil that links the whole forest together. And the whole forest is in communication. And I was like, oh, my God, I could have put that in the book. And and (laughs) when we walk on the bare soil, we are in contact with that. It's incredible. Well, Um, it also explains why people who are highly empathic can actually be feeling the emotions and recognize the emotionals and other experiences of whomever it is they're they're with at the moment, because the waters of their body are resonating with the waters of the other, and they're communicating at the ground regulatory system level, and yeah. that's 
powerful to be able to say there's a scientific basis for this. It's not a bunch of woo woo crazy stuff, you know? Yes. Yes. You know, there's this debate about, well, does the nervous system communicate with the cell? No, it does not. Well, the waste products from the nervous system, yeah. where do they go? They ooze off into the matrix. So, yeah. so the, the, the matrix is full of all that stuff from the, the, mm-hmm. the, um, nervous system. And that goes back to the hypothalamus is re looked at again and regulation changes on the endocrine level, but which is another regulatory system. Uh, so mm-hmm. we have nervous system, uh, endocrine system. Fi- uh, we have biomechanical system, which is that's on the bones and joints, which keeps us coordinated. And then we have the ground regulatory system. We have at least, and then there are some cellular communication things. Yeah. Um, but so that has to be taken into account. Well, that's like yeah. five different regulatory systems. But on the cellular level, this is so powerful. This is the main thing, binding everything together. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's the part. The, the matrix itself is what's resonating with other people or with whatever's in your vi- environment, you know, all of that. Yeah. For people yeah. who are, you know, when you're talking about those empathic things or just, yeah. you know, the visions, the things that we pick up that seem spiritual and so esoteric and like maybe you're just making that up but the reality is that you're just interpreting what your matrix is informing you of really yeah i mean so yeah yeah um and on so oh and i do think so the matrix so how does it communicate polymers are molecular they're not fibers like technically they're a single molecule wide fiber, so to speak. Right. So they're called, we could call them filaments. They're polymers. They're not really a fiber, but if we call them that, then we're just slipping into normal speech. But so, so they hold electric charge and that water comes in and the electric charge changes. Of course it's going to change or salt because that's electrolyte and everything changes and the charge changes. And, so in a way, also, I do think this is our energy body. I, I'm not, I was yeah. not that interested in trying to translate it into esoteric, you know, um, ideas. Actually, oh, so there are two books by Pissinger and Heine, H-E-I-N-E, and Pissinger, P-I-S-C-H-I-N-G-E-R, one p- published in uh, the United States and one in uh, Germany. They're kind of the same book, but different, so different that they're worth reading. But, but that's the only books on the matrix I could find. That is it. And it's by the discoverer, you know, but uh, I can't remember what I was going to say here, what my point was, but um, it was something that's in that book. One of the things, Uh, let's see, uh, one of the quotes that I wrote down, I wrote down a whole bunch of stuff and some of it might be helpful and some of it might not. Um, But one of the things that I really enjoyed about it was your discussion of the fourth phase water and why alchemists collect dew and rainwater. Because that was one of those things that I've read about in books that sounds really esoteric and weird and like, oh, that's just some real alchemy thing. Just go to the kitchen sink. You're good. Um, but there's actually a good scientific rationale for, you know, not watering your garden with hose water if you can use rainwater and, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the work of Gerald Pollack, P-O-L-L-A-C-K, who I would say is the other scientist other than Pissinger 
that even though that's just a, a little section of the book, it's yeah. well worth, uh, he, he deserves credit. He was at the University of Bellingham, Washington, and I think he's retired. I think they kind of forcefully retired him because they weren't interested in this research, which of course is tremendously important. Yeah. So we think of water as H2O, that's normal water. But if water is on a hydrophilic uh, surface, water loving surface, like a rock or a roof, um, and the sun is beating on it, uh, it's changed from H2O to H3O plus slash H2O2. So um, it, they each pick up an extra electron in a different way, and one is positively charged, one is negative, and they cling to each other. And this creates the fourth state of water, as he calls it, a liquid crystalline uh, gel. And mm -hmm. the, all organic life, that is the water inside of us. Yeah. And if our cell respira we have cell respiration, it releases H2O and that's a waste product. And it, you know, in our fingers, the sunlight shines through and um, the sunlight gets, I don't know, a certain distance into the capillary bed. So it's being renewed all the time, but mm -hmm. some of it goes out in the vapor in our breath. And, um, and uh, it really kind of does matter that maybe having your water, you know, I have well water, but well, that's pretty good, but it doesn't get the sunlight until it comes out of the tap yeah. and putting it in the sunlight actually changes it. I remember one of my friends was at the International Herb Symposium in uh, Boston 20 years ago, and she got quite sick with the flu. And in those days, we weren't afraid of the flu. And yeah. um, <laughs> And um, she went to a doctor there who was a Vietnamese doctor that was presenting. And he said, uh, throw water on roof, drink. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> but, okay, that's crazy water, let's call it. I wish I'd called it that in the book. But, um, <laughs> and, that, and then that's what, Dr. Bach, you put your herb yeah. in the sunshine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek a, I'm going to try to find a very wide um uh, not too deep um, uh, plate for doing um, sunflower essences from now on. And, um, and the alchemists use the dew. And so that's, that's amazing. And, and, but so that water figures into it as one of the things, and it's full of electrolytes, which figure in electrolytes, I guess you'd say as a regulatory system as well, uh, kind of assisting here. Um, so uh, yeah. So, Okay, so Pissinger discovered this, and he asked the question, well, how come everybody's not racing to embrace this theory? It's because they are taught cause and effect linear thinking in their education from first, first grade on, and, and certainly in medical and um, science school. They just don't think that way. They can't yeah. see the whole. But yeah. a, a very profound statement was made by one of the researchers, and I quoted her. I can't, I can't pronounce her name, so... I don't have it memorized. I, I would slaughter it. Anna something. But she said, um, one of the great problems with the matrix is the inability to, um, the inability to uh, visualize it. Yeah. And it was like, presto. Yes. It is so hard yes. for the alternative people as well as the, as the regular people. So that was my job. It's almost my motto. How do you visualize this? That's what I'm trying to do. And my, my plot in my mind is that this will be known and taken for granted in 10 years in the alternative community, not just herbalists, but mm -hmm. throughout, I hope. And then 
I hope that some sneaky regular science person reads the book and kind of decodes it, leaves out the little occult astrological nuances and the snipes against science that I put in there. And, <laughs> and the herbs. Begins and, to infiltrate. And <laughs> yeah. Rewrites it all for their audience, and then they will begin to understand it. Yeah. I mean, because he came up with this theory in 1975, and there's just two books on it by yeah. the same book by him and Heine, which are really just a series of papers. Um, and his primal paper there is pretty, pretty right to the point, but it, it's still, you know, and, and then I had to do things like the reverse effect, rebound effect to show yeah. how, how medicinal substances act in the matrix. Because the cell theory is wrong. If the cell theory is wrong, then the structure function claim that the FDA uses and all, and big pharma is wrong too. That's the problem, as he points out. As they point out, drugs bypass the regulatory system, and therefore they actually make you less healthy ultimately. Right. Yes. Yeah. And you know that was part of the part that the quote that I read last time um, about was from that section, and it was about what I call the mule nature. But it's it's really the what I've noticed. I have a mule nature, and I tend to like there are certain drugs that if I take them, like for instance Benadryl. I grew up in Minnesota, right? Hay fever season, really bad there, especially as the humidity comes on. It really holds that pollen great. And so I would have strong histamine, you know, histamine reactions, of course. And so then yeah. I would take the Benadryl and once every four years it works. And then I can't take it for four years because my own extracellular matrix just says, oh, well, we're going to readjust for that because that wasn't what we wanted. You were targeting the cells and we just don't like being told what to do. So we're not going to really respond and it overcompensates and Therefore, Benadryl stops working and it takes about four years for my body to reset. Herbs, on the other hand, continue to work. They work repeatedly and consistently, especially when I follow the like really low number of drops dosing that I learned from Don, who I believe learned it from you, which yeah. is that, you know, that's the mule nature is really strong with me. So really small number of drops. All I have to do is nudge my extracellular matrix and say, well, what if we went that direction instead? And then it says, Oh, okay. We'll think about that. We'll change. It's great. But if I try to yeah. force it, Oh, <laughs> you know. I have a lecture out there. Uh, I, I forgot whose Institute it's at, but I called it nudgeopathy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's real. I mean, some people are more willing and I've noticed like Patrick's more willing to go with whatever, the powers that be the group is dictating or whatever. He's got less mule nature and yeah. his body will respond to drugs more positively than mine. It'll work. Yeah. They'll continue to work at least for a while, you know, and he takes slightly more droppers drops, you know, Don would give him 20 drops for her, the okay. dose instead of the three for me. You know? yeah. Yeah, this is Don Gates, we should mention, who yeah. is uh, lives in Florida, practitioner yeah. down there. She does teach with me in a few classes on my institute. Uh, an amazing person. Uh, I would w- like to get her in charge of a medical section on the... Oh, yeah. Uh, she's a medical doc- uh, not a me- medical a nurse, 
cardiologist nurse. So she's not the one I talked about last time with the heart yeah. surgery. That was right. a different uh, cardiologist nurse. Yeah, she so. was on our show recently as well. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's see other points. Oh, so one thing that was fun was the people who discovered how to deal, how to treat the matrix, even when they didn't have a thorough before the science yeah. was known. Um, they figured out that it's basically in mix out. Yes. The toxins come in, things mix in there. Metabolism is complete or incomplete. There's waste products and then it's out. So how do you, how do you clean the matrix? And the matrix is the basic environment for all the cells. Therefore, it's, it's the first organ system. I'll get to that. And um, the primary one. So if you can keep it clean, you're going to be in pretty good shape. So how do you do this? So it would be um, uh, uh, Corwin Samuel West, uh, a um, Mormon um, naturopath in Salt Lake City. Um, and he just figured out one method for everybody. And that is to clean the lymph, jump mm -hmm. on the um, <laughs> on a lymphocyzer, a little trampoline, yep. and then to keep the the toxins from coming in. He preached vegetarianism, not um, veganism, but just you know limited protein, yep. which um, therefore you get less proteins irritating the system. And I was like, ho, ho, I'm a meat eater. I don't know if I approve of this. Right. I mean, I could think of wisdom, but I'm like, I needed to be told, Pissinger and Heine say, so the best way to begin a uh, detoxification of the matrix is a protein fast. Yeah. They didn't say become a vegetarian. They just say fast off of proteins. Whoa, okay. Okay. On the medical school of Vienna, I will listen to what they have to say. <laughs> and, so, so that's one system, uh, and and he wasn't against herbalism, homeopathy, massage, lymphatic massage would be incredible. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and we do have to say whatever diet works for you, you got to stick by. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So that was a beautiful thing that, um, and then Mar Marguerite Mori, um, yeah. who was a French MD who really got um, aromatherapy going, she understood it too. She understood yeah. the matrix and that's what she was treating. Unfortunately, she doesn't give a lot of detail in her book on how to treat the matrix. She gives, uh, and, and it's all in aromatherapy rather than herbalism, but it can be translated. I mean, uh, uh, violet was an important herb for her and I, and that fits the herbalism that's yeah. in the, in this book. So this, this type of, respect I learned for the polymers for the basic ground level of substratum of the body taught. Okay. So those polymers are basically what we call mucilage. Yeah. So it taught me a great increased respect for mucilage as an herbalist oh, yeah. and Violet. So I can see why Violet would be important for her uh, aromatherapy or not. Yeah. And I mentioned um, marshmallow root, um, Solomon seal, opuntia or prickly pear, which I have not used. Uh, I did use it once. Um, uh, but, um, and let's see what else. Uh, um, and then, uh, calendula. Yes. You mentioned calendula. We understand calendula better from 
knowledge of the matrix. Yeah. So all these things, you know, they're, they're important. Then we have lymphatic remedies that drain better. I don't think I had poke root in there, red root, but they would, they would drain better. Yeah. And then actually I did do a pretty good picture of the immune system. I think in this book, Oh yeah. which the mast cells, I mean, you know, one, once upon a time when I was, you know, five years into working at present moment, the herb store, I was in my thirties and my boss started saying the mast cells, the mast cells is like, uh, uh, huh. So 30 <laughs> later I had to figure out what, you know, okay. The mast cells, the mast cells are the really one of the, they're part of the innate immune system. So they're primitive. They have been with us since, um, uh, you know, micro or, you know, the, the vegetative, uh, sea slime, uh, level. And, um, so they are both the first line of defense and the sentinels that call the higher, more advanced immune system that developed later on. And they're right there packed in next to the capillary. And um, the actual matrix polymers, their actual physicality, they have holes, you know, can't get more than nothing bigger than 15 angstroms can get through or something, you know, so they're holding all that crap right there next to the capillary with the mast cells going crazy fighting all all the time. The mast cells are fighting all the time to keep us clean. So, you know, I would have to say, um, I don't know how far into the, I can't remember now if I talked about that, but things like wild cherry and some of the rose family, some of the things that act on the, the mast cells and the immune system on histamine, these are all important. I will get to a book on the immune system at some point in time, lymph and immune system. I got it, you know, 90% done, but it's two or three books down the line. (laughs) And, um, and so so that's important too. So, you know, so we have herbs for the immune system right there. We have herbs for the matrix material and we have herbs to drain through the, the um, lymphatics and anything that improves circulation is going to be important. Yeah. The most of the immune remedies are what we'd call cooling fibrofuges, etc. Most of the circulatory remedies that increase the peripheral circulation are, um, are warming because they warm your toes, you know, that, yeah. and that actually stimulates more capillaries, the warmer your toes are. I, one fact I found, I don't have the, you know, it was before the internet, so I, I don't know, I, I haven't looked it up, but I remember it. Uh, if every pound of fat you gain, you gain, or weight, you gain a million miles of capillaries. Every okay. pound you lose, you lose a million miles. It's like there's capillaries everywhere, and they're dying and being reborn, and, and we want those stimulants to keep us warm and healthy things like turmeric um so so there's some of the herbalism of of the of the matrix um book oh yeah yeah and it was there was like my own personal story i wrote a long time ago my son broke his arm it wasn't a huge bad break but i gave him bone set and i can't remember what the other two herbs were but bone set was one of the ones i put in there And I mentioned it to a friend at the time who was also an herbalist, and she was much more of the scientific bent than I was. And she carried on about how bone set was only for fevers, and I was being foolish. And I did it anyway because it felt right. So I just, you know, again, the mule sense kicked in, and I just followed what felt right. And my son, you know, arm healed up just fine, continued. It was very close to a growth plate. The doctors were concerned, and then the healing was fine, and there was no problems. 
Yeah. And yeah. rereading what you talked about with bone set and how it works with the, with the matrix and with the cells, I was like, yes, I was right. It turns out there was actually good reason. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. I don't know how long this internet will be up here. Um, so we should probably wind down. Um, I think we've covered the subject pretty we well. Have. Yeah. Um, Again, science is now on our side, on the holistic side. Yes, that is so important. Um, oh, this is the this is the basic organ system. I did want to talk about that because yes. the a bunch of cells. I, just the evolutionary overview. A bunch of cells formed a clone, a colony, genetically identical, down in a little hole in the bottom of the ocean. Mm -hmm. They started sending out uh, polymers that became sea slime. And then they decided, oh, we want to enclose our environment to have a little more control. So poof, yeah. the, the polymers are actually the brains. They, they say, okay, some of you cells migrate out and surround us. And then you have your multicellular organism with the internal. So you internalize the ocean with a bunch of polymers and fibers too start to develop. And there you have your basic multicellular organism. So, so this is the primal organ system of the whole body because it, it was the first system that developed yeah. uh, in the multicellular organism. And the next was the biomechanical or the, the connective tissue system rising like a continent out of the ocean to become the bones, tendons, ligaments. So then we get, we go from um, sea slime to jellyfish to starfish, you know, and we're getting more and more solid. And finally the world as we know it develops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so. it's elegant and it's beautiful to see the the theories played out. You know, the the way that you brought them into very much real, like very tangible. You made them make sense, made them yes. practical. So yes, so we're going to infiltrate science, and the day will come. We'll say, well, you guys are wrong. You know, it, it, it's just not a factor. Oh Tell yeah. Me, but, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Where can uh, people find your book and find you and get all the good stuff? Yes. So uh, I'm at Matthew Wood uh, Institute of Herbalism or woodherbs.com. And this book will be coming out from Inner Traditions on November 6th or 9th. They tell me they keep on extending the date further back, but it'll <laughs> get there. It sounds like a good Christmas present to yourself, if nothing else. But, uh, oh, for, or for Thanksgiving weekend reading, um, for those of us who don't watch football games, yeah, <laughs> or very much. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, so, that's, uh, so that's pretty exciting. And um, I will send you a review copy of my other book that just arrived in the mail today. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you've got another one. Yeah. Uh, that's self-published uh, book more on shamanism, uh, Seven Guideposts on the Spiritual Path shamanism the the shamanism in the book of genesis yeah all right and at the end so, of the show okay something else nope oh, that's it okay okay all right so last thing so we're gonna do our closer remember oh yes okay here we go one two three put, put an, an herb, herb on, on it. it oh where put are an we herb on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes. okay last word <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. It's been really fun. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA. 
and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.